Welcome to Nations of the World podcast series, where we explore a different nation of the world in each episode. Our aim is to bring you, the listener, on an audio journey to discover interesting facts that make each country unique. Welcome to my podcast, Nations of the World. If you are enjoying the show and find the information useful, please consider supporting my work via a Patreon membership. I have a couple of different tiers, one starting as low as $2.30 per month, and another that allows you to choose which country will be researched next for an episode. You can find my page at patreon.com forward slash Nations of the World podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to Djibouti. A tiny nation in the Horn of Africa, Djibouti is located at the junction of Africa, the Middle East, and Asia, making it a significant hub for international trade and military operations. It also sits at the junction of the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden, making it a crucial maritime route. Djibouti has maintained relative stability compared to some of its neighbors in a politically sensitive region. The peaceful coexistence of various ethnic and religious groups adds to its uniqueness. Segment 1. Bare Bones The official name is Republic of Djibouti. It is known as Yibouti in Afar and Djibouti in Somali. It's in the Horn of Africa and is just slightly larger than New Jersey in the United States. The capital is also Djibouti. The population is 1,136,455. The official languages are Arabic and French. The people are known as Djiboutian. The official religion is Islam. The government is a unitary presidential republic. The currency is the Djiboutian franc. The flag has two equal horizontal bands of light blue at the top and light green with a white isosceles triangle based on the hoist side, bearing a red five-pointed star in the center. Blue stands for sea and sky and the Issa Somali people. Green symbolizes earth and the Afar people. White represents peace. The red star recalls the struggle for independence, stands for unity, and is a national symbol. Segment 2. Heart of the Nation Geography and Climate To the north is Eritrea, to the west Ethiopia, to the south is Somalia, and it has both the Red Sea and the Sea of Aden, of the Indian Ocean, coming together for its eastern border. Its coastline is 195 miles, or 314 kilometers. It has the lowest land point in all of Africa, Lake Asal, at minus 509 feet or 155 meters below sea level. It's the third lowest point on Earth after the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. Lake Asal is a crater salt lake, the saltiest lake in the world, and is surrounded by dormant volcanoes. It's in the process of becoming a UNESCO World Heritage Site. The highest point in the country, at 6,631 feet or 2,021 meters, is Musa Ali, on the three-way border between Djibouti, Ethiopia, and Eritrea. It's a stratovolcano, 
one that has alternating layers of lava and ash. Desert makes up 90% of the land in the country. There are scattered plateaus and highlands, with agricultural land making up 9%, and forests are less than 1%. The climate is desert, torrid, and dry. There are two major seasons, the cool season from October to April, with temperatures from the low 70s to the mid-80s Fahrenheit, or low 20s to low 30s Celsius, with low humidity. The hot season runs from May to September, with temperatures increasing as the hot Kamsin wind blows off the desert. The temperatures then range from an average low in the mid-80s Fahrenheit or low 30s Celsius to a high in the low 110s Fahrenheit to mid-40s Celsius. This is the time of year when the humidity is at its highest. Among the coolest areas in the country is the day forest with its higher elevation. The coastal region receives 5 inches or 130 millimeters of rain annually, while the northern and mountainous areas receive about 15 inches or 380 millimeters. The rainy season goes from January to March. There are no permanent rivers or streams. Lake Abhayabad is a saltwater lake shared with Ethiopia. Djibouti is ranked number 60 out of 180 nations, with an overall environmental performance index score of 47.5. The scarcity of water is an ongoing issue in the country. Nearly all drinking water comes from aging wells that tap groundwater aquifers. However, higher temperatures and scarce rainfall has dried out many wells throughout the country. In coastal areas, rising sea levels have contaminated other water sources with salt. Djibouti is expected to experience an increase in the occurrence and intensity of heavy rainfall events, increasing risks of floods, as well as increases in the intensity and frequency of dry periods and water scarcity. Other current environmental issues are water pollution, limited arable land, deforestation, desertification, and endangered species. Natural hazards include earthquakes, droughts, volcanoes, and occasional cyclonic disturbances from the Indian Ocean bringing heavy rains and flash floods. Plants and Animals Due to the low rainfall, plant life is limited. In the desert, there are thorn bushes, some grasses, and a few groups of palm trees. Mangroves grow along the coast. The Day Forest National Park in the Gota Mountains has the largest forest in the country and has several types of trees. The most valuable tree in this forest is the East African juniper, also known as the Juniperus procera. It grows to a height of 20 to 25 meters, or 66 to 82 feet. It's the only juniper to grow south of the equator. It's an important timber tree used for building houses, poles, and furniture. The bark is used for beehives. Other trees found in this forest are jujube, fig, olive, and mimosa. The main location for wildlife is the Day Forest National Park. There are only about 60 mammal species in the country, about 40 reptiles, 3 amphibians, 450 fish, and 360 birds. The most recognized animals of Djibouti are the camel, ostrich, and grevy's zebra. 
The Grevy's zebra is the largest of all zebras and is highly endangered, mostly due to its severely restricted and encroached-upon habitat. Other animals you can see are the aardvark, antelope, gazelle, donkey, flamingos, goats, jackals, hyenas, hedgehogs, and the warthog, which is somewhat endangered. The Djibouti spurfowl is a bird species on the verge of becoming extinct and is confined to two very small mountainous districts. Until recently, it was assumed that the elephant shrew was fully extinct, but small populations have been rediscovered. One interesting animal of Djibouti is the naked mole rat, a burrowing rodent which has a highly unusual set of physical and behavioral traits that allow it to thrive in a harsh underground environment. It lacks pain sensitivity in its skin and has very low metabolic and respiratory rates. It's also remarkable for its longevity and its resistance to cancer and oxygen deprivation. They have small eyes and their vision is poor. Their legs are short and thin, but they are adept at moving underground and can move backward as fast as they can move forward. They have large protruding teeth, which they use to dig, and their lips are sealed just beneath the teeth, preventing soil from filling their mouths while digging. They're nearly bald and have wrinkled pink or yellowish skin. They have no insulating skin layer. They're very social and live in groups of about 75 to 80. Only one female, the queen, and one to three males reproduce, while the rest of the members function as workers. Smaller ones gather food and maintain the nest, while larger ones work at being reactive when the group needs protection. Non-reproducing members are involved in the cooperative care of the pups produced by the queen. Some activities include keeping the pups from straying, foraging for food, grooming, extending the tunnels, and keeping the pups warm. Clusters live together in tunnel systems that connect many chambers. They are herbivores and feed primarily on tubers. They find their food through their mining operations and never come above ground. The breeding relationship between the queen and the one to three males may last for many years, at which time the other females are temporarily sterile. Queens live 13 to 18 years and are extremely hostile to other females behaving like queens or producing hormones for becoming queens. When the queen dies, another female takes her place. The queen gives birth to a litter of 3 to 12 pups, but can go up to 28. In the wild, they breed only once a year. The queen nurses them for the first month, after which the other members feed them feces until they're old enough to eat solid food. Their numbers are currently stable. The most dangerous animals in the country are the endangered lion and leopard, and the jackal and hyena. There are seven dangerous snakes. One is the Ogaden burrowing asp of the mole viper family, a small nocturnal burrowing snake that grows between 20 to 30 centimeters or 7 to 12 inches. They're fast moving at night, active after rains, and fast striking. They're suspected of being cardiotoxic and highly toxic. There's no known antivenom effective against this. Another is the puff adder, which grows to 60 to 100 centimeters, between 2 feet and 3 feet 3 inches, and has a thick, heavy body, 
with colors varying from shades of yellow to gray patterned with chevrons. They're mainly in savanna or open grasslands. The venom is a cytotoxin, and symptoms include extreme pain with swelling and large blisters at the bite site. Many serious bites are reported annually. There is the black mamba, a large, active, slender, semi-arboreal snake, ranging from 2.2 to 2.7 meters, or 7 feet to almost 9 feet long. They vary in color from brown, olive, greenish-brown, or dark, blackish-gray. They live in well-wooded, low-lying savannas, rocky outcroppings, but not in true grasslands. They are found in abandoned termite mounds, mammal burrows, and thatched roofs. They are shy and elusive and will leave when in danger, but they are extremely fast and the largest poisonous snake in Africa. This is the most dreaded African venomous snake. Few people survive its bite unless antivenom is administered promptly. It's a very potent cardiotoxin. Others are the Groon Boomslang, the Egyptian Carpet Viper, Yellow-Bellied Sea Snake, the Egyptian Cobra, and the Red Spitting Cobra. There are also scorpions and camel spiders. With snorkeling and scuba diving being popular sports, there are dangers in the waters to be aware of. These sea creatures are the jellyfish, stingray, red lionfish, and several species of sharks. One of the most venomous shellfish is the cloth of gold, cone snail. It emits a nerve toxin, and although rare, can cause death. There are many species of fish off the coast which are not poisonous, including barracuda and tuna. There are only two vertebrae species endemic to the country. One is the Afar racer, and the other the Djibouti francolin from the pheasant family. The francolin is found only in the juniper forest in the mountains. It has a grayish-brown color with white stripes. The current population is estimated at 200 to 500. People The people are 60% Somalis, 35% Afar, and 5% other, mostly Yemeni Arab, also French, Ethiopian, and Italian. The official languages are Arabic and French. Both Somali and Afar are spoken, these being of the Cushitic branch of the Afro-Asiatic languages. Islam is the religion of 94% of the people, Sunni Muslims, and 6% are other, mainly the foreign-born residents. These include Shia Muslim, Christian, Hindu, Jewish, Baha'i, and Atheist. Among the Islamic population, sheikhs and marabouts occupy a prominent position and play a major role in the life of the people. In traditional Afar and Issa beliefs, the soul of a deceased rejoins the ancestors, who are occasionally appealed to by the living descendants. For Catholics, the people believe in the immortality of the soul, which either ascends to heaven after death or descends to hell depending on how one lived their life. All deceased are buried, there is no cremation. The 2022 report on international religious freedom for Djibouti states, The Constitution establishes Islam as the state religion, but mandates equality for persons of all faiths. Religious groups must register with the government, which conducts lengthy background checks as part of the registration process. 
foreign religious workers must obtain a work permit and purchase annual residency cards. The government maintained its authority over all Islamic matters and institutions, including assets and personnel of all mosques. The government continued to closely regulate all mosques and provide imams with these scripts for their Friday sermons. The government continued to mandate a civic and moral education course based on Islam for all students in public schools as well as in private schools run by non-Muslim religious organizations. To counter violent extremism and foster what is described as moderate Islamic beliefs in the region, the government coordinated its strategy with Somalia, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia through meetings and exchanges of experiences. Norms and customs discouraged conversion from Islam. Muslim and Christian religious leaders noted traditional social networks often ostracized converts from Islam. United States embassy officials met with government officials to discuss violent extremism in the region, which was often exacerbated by religion, and the importance of equitable treatment of religious groups, especially in refugee camps. Embassy officials also met with religious leaders to discuss their perception of government attitudes towards religious practice and their efforts to combat violent extremism and address the causes of radicalization, such as lack of employment. Djibouti is a poor, predominantly urban country, characterized by high rates of illiteracy, unemployment, and childhood malnutrition. Prostitution has caused major health problems, including the spread of AIDS. A distinct difference can be seen between the agro-pastoral society and the developing urban society. The urban elites speak French, are well-dressed, have good housing, drive their own cars, and travel abroad frequently for business education or leisure. The rural and urban poor have substandard housing, no means of transport, and live under difficult conditions. Most of the rural population speak Afar or Issa Somali, not the more prestigious French. By custom and law, men have more rights and higher status than women. Women between the ages of 15 and 49 currently married are 50.6% of those in that group. Many Afar still follow the custom of preference for a patrilateral cross-cousin marriage. The Issa and other Somalis are less strict. In the city, the domestic unit is the nuclear family, although members of extended family often live together and provide mutual support. Both family and community play a role in education of children and the transmission of culture and morals. Only a minority of children in the countryside, especially the Afar, attend schools. When they do, they are Quranic schools with low academic standards. Djibouti has a children's rights index of 6.68 out of 10, which puts it in a difficult situation. Children lack accessibility to education and obtain low-quality education. They often don't have access to health care. In general, violence and sexual abuse against children in this country is common. There is no law prohibiting corporal punishment. Minors are not always separated from adults in prison, and there are allegations of sexual abuse against juvenile offenders in prison. Nearly a quarter of the births are not registered, leaving such children stateless, 
which prevents them from obtaining basic services such as health care, social protection, and education. There is high food insecurity, and access to safe water is a problem. There are many miners engaged in the worst forms of labor, including commercial and street sexual exploitation. Many children are homeless and don't receive help from civil society organizations. Female genital mutilation is strongly practiced, although it has been criminalized since 1995. Djiboutians are generally warm and welcoming, appreciating visitors who express interest in their culture. When interacting with locals, it's customary to greet them with a handshake and use appropriate titles like Mr., Mrs., or doctor when addressing someone. The people value the expression of personal independence and courage. Older people are treated with respect. Modest clothing is generally expected, particularly when visiting rural areas or religious sites. It is advisable for women to avoid wearing revealing attire, such as shorts or low-cut tops, as a sign of respect for local customs and to avoid unwanted attention. Public displays of affection should be limited, as they're generally not well-received in Djiboutian society. When invited to someone's home or a local community, it is customary to remove your shoes before entering as a gesture of respect. It's also common to be offered food and drink during visits, and accepting these offers is considered polite, showing appreciation for local hospitality. During meals, it's customary to eat with your right hand, and avoid pointing your feet towards others, as it's considered disrespectful in Djiboutian culture. There are 14,152 refugees from Somalia and 6,518 people from Yemen. The latest happiness index is from 2015 and was at 4.37 on the scale of 0 unhappy to 10 happy. Urbanism and Architecture The urban population is 78.6%. It is the least populated country in the African mainland. The population density is 49 people per square kilometer, or 127 per square mile. The capital, Djibouti, is home to 600,000 people. It is built on coral reefs that jut out into the Gulf of Aden. The capital is the site of a deep-water port that serves the Indian Ocean and Red Sea traffic. It's also the railhead for the only line serving Addis Ababa, the capital of neighboring Ethiopia. Other major cities are Abak, Tanjora, and Ali Sabia. Djibouti City was designed by French town planners with a grid street plan. Indigenous architecture from earlier centuries can be found in Tajora, former capital of the Sultanates, with old mosques and a town center. Nomadic people have traditional dwellings made by stretching skins over a wooden frame. This makes it easy to assemble and take down when there's a need to move to a new location. This type of dwelling is seen mostly at the foot of Musa Ali on the border between Ethiopia and Eritrea. There are traditional tower houses called Tata Somba. These are two stories high, made of mud, straw, and local wood. Round huts can be seen with thatched roofs, some made of mud, and others made from wooden poles banded together for the walls. History The Djibouti area has been inhabited since the Neolithic period. 
In ancient times, the territory, together with Ethiopia, Eritrea, and Somaliland, was part of the land of Punt. This was an ancient kingdom known from ancient Egyptian trade records. It produced and exported gold, aromatic resins, black wood, ebony, ivory, and wild animals. Some biblical scholars have identified it with the biblical land of Put, or Havilah. The Macrobians were a legendary people and kingdom positioned in the Horn of Africa mentioned by Herodotus. Later authors, such as Pliny, placed them in India instead. It is one of the legendary peoples, postulated at the extremity of the known world from the perspective of the Greeks, in this case in the extreme south. Their name is due to their legendary longevity, an average person supposedly living to the age of 120. They were said to be the tallest and handsomest of all men. According to Herodotus's account, the Persian emperor Cambyses II, upon his conquest of Egypt in 525 BC, sent ambassadors to Macrobia, bringing luxury gifts for the Macrobian king to entice his submission. The Macrobian ruler, who was elected based at least in part on stature, replied instead with a challenge for his Persian counterpart in the form of an unstrung bow. If the Persians could manage to string it, they would have the right to invade his country. But until then, they should thank the gods that the Macrobians never decided to invade their empire. In the 3rd century BC, Ablay immigrants came from Arabia to what is now Djibouti. Their descendants are the Afars, one of the two main ethnic groups in the country today. Somali Issas arrived later. Between the 2nd and 10th century AD, Djibouti was part of the ancient kingdom of Aksum, which is now present-day northern Ethiopia, Eritrea, and Djibouti. The Aksumite culture was relatively advanced and even created its own writing system. It's recognized for great architectural monuments, including large round disks over royal grave sites. Additionally, the Aksumite Empire was a Christian society, adopting the religion when the king converted in 325 AD. Islam was introduced to the area from the Arabian Peninsula, with Muslims living along the northern Horn seabed in the 9th century AD. In the late 19th century, the colony of French Somaliland was established after the ruling dear Somali sultans signed treaties with the French. The French superimposed a centralist state structure on local pastoral societies. More than two-thirds of the territory traditionally belonged to Afar sultanates, and the remaining southern part was controlled by Issa nomadic herders. Its railroad to Dawa and later Addis Ababa allowed it to quickly become a major port for southern Ethiopia and the Ogaden. It was renamed the French Territory of the Afars and the Issas in 1967. A decade later, the Djiboutian people voted for independence. This officially marked the establishment of the Republic of Djibouti, named after its capital city. There is a history of ethnic tensions between Afars and Issas. In the early 1990s, this intensified with tensions over government representation, which led to armed conflict. Issas dominated the politics, military, and civil service. 
In November 1991, Afar fighters launched the Djiboutian Civil War by capturing most of northern Djibouti. This went on until late 1994, ending with a peace accord. Government The government is a unitary presidential republic under a hereditary dictatorship. There are six districts. The legal system is a mixed legal system based primarily on the French Civil Code as it existed in 1997, Islamic religious law in matters of family law and successions, and customary law. It accepts compulsory ICJ jurisdiction with reservations. Citizenship is not granted by birth. For citizenship by descent only, the mother must be a citizen of Djibouti. Dual citizenship is not recognized. The residency requirement for naturalization is 10 years. There is universal suffrage at 18 years of age. In the Freedom House, Freedom in the World Report 2023, Djibouti scored 24 out of 100 and is considered not free in the areas of political rights and civil liberties. Executive Branch Chief of State is the President and Head of Government is the Prime Minister. The Cabinet is a Council of Ministers appointed by the Prime Minister. The President is directly elected by absolute majority popular vote for a five-year term. The Prime Minister is appointed by the President. Legislative Branch It is a unicameral National Assembly, formerly the Chamber of Deputies. There are 65 seats, with members directly elected in multi-seat constituencies by party-list proportional representation vote. Members serve five-year terms. Judicial Branch The highest court is the Supreme Court. These magistrates are appointed by the President with the advice of the Superior Council of the Magistracy a 10-member body consisting of four judges, three members, non-parliamentarians and judges, appointed by the President, and three appointed by the National Assembly President or Speaker. Magistrates are appointed for life with retirement age at 65. There is the Constitutional Council, which consists of six magistrates, two by the President of the Republic, two by the President of the National Assembly, and two by the CSM, or the Superior Council of the Magistracy. These magistrates are appointed for eight-year, non-renewable terms. There have only been two presidents since its independence in 1977. Hassan Gouled Abtadon was the first president and served until 1999. Ismail Omar Guela is the current president. Politics have been dominated by a restricted elite of Issa and Afar politicians since independence. There are many rules that dictate the distribution of power across the ethnic communities. The president is an Issa, the prime minister is an Afar, and with the cabinet of ministers, one seat each is reserved for Arabs, Issaq, and Gadabursi, while the Afar have one seat more than the Issa. The head of the Supreme Court is always an Issa. There are four political parties, limited by the 1992 Constitution. Women make up 26% of the population in Parliament. As a commercial hub, the nation is the site of various foreign military bases. 
These are United States, France, Japan, Italy, Germany, Spain, and China. Djibouti is a key transit point for migrants and asylum seekers, heading for the Gulf states and beyond. Each year, some 100,000 people, mainly Ethiopians and some Somalis, journey through Djibouti, usually to the port of Obak, to attempt a dangerous sea crossing to Yemen. However, with the escalation of the ongoing Yemen conflict, Yemenis began fleeing to Djibouti in March 2015, with almost 20,000 arriving by August 2017. Most Yemenis remain unregistered and head for Djibouti City rather than seeking asylum at one of Djibouti's three Spartan refugee camps. Djibouti has been hosting refugees and asylum seekers, predominantly Somalis, and lesser numbers of Ethiopians and Eritreans at camps for about 20 years, despite lacking potable water, food shortages, and unemployment. Djibouti armed forces are made up of the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Djibouti Coast Guard. The Ministry of Interior include National Gendarmerie and National Police. There are approximately 10,000 active troops. Voluntary military service for men and women is 18 years of age. There is voluntary military training for those 16 to 25 years of age. There is no conscription. 960 are deployed in Somalia. Djibouti's military forces are largely focused on border, coastal, and internal security duties, including counterterrorism. China, France, Italy, Japan, and the United States maintain bases in Djibouti for regional military missions, including counterterrorism, counterpiracy, crisis response, and security assistance. France has multiple bases and hosts troop contingents from Germany and Spain. The EU and NATO also maintain a presence to support multinational naval counterpiracy operations and maritime training efforts. The military inventory includes mostly older French and Soviet-era weapon systems, although in recent years it has received limited amounts of more modern but largely second-hand equipment from a variety of other countries, including China, the Netherlands, and the United States. The International Maritime Bureau's Piracy Reporting Center reported no piracy attacks for the Horn of Africa in 2022. While there were no recorded incidents, it did warn that Somali pirates continue to possess the capacity to carry out attacks in the Somali basin and wider Indian Ocean. The terrorist group Al-Shabaab is a known group in the country. In 2008, Eritrean troops moved across the border on Ras Domera Peninsula and occupied Domera Island, with undefined sovereignty in the Red Sea. Djibouti is on the Tier 2 watch list, as it does not fully meet the minimum standards for the elimination of trafficking, but is making significant efforts to do so. Human traffickers exploit domestic and foreign victims in Djibouti, and, to a lesser extent, traffickers exploit victims from Djibouti abroad. Adults and children, primarily undocumented economic migrants from Ethiopia and Somalia, transit Djibouti en route to Yemen and other locations in the Middle East, particularly Saudi Arabia. A number of these migrants are exploited in forced labor and sex trafficking at their intended destinations, 
and they're also vulnerable to trafficking at various transit points, particularly Yemen. Economic migrants who transit Djibouti to return to their home countries are vulnerable to trafficking. Djibouti, with a population of less than 1 million, hosts more than 35,000 refugees and asylum seekers, and many of them have endured and remained vulnerable to trafficking. Djiboutian and migrant women and children living in the streets face exploitation and sex trafficking or forced labor. Traffickers, including family members, may exploit local and migrant children in forced begging. Foreign workers, including Ethiopians, Yemenis, Indians, Pakistanis, and Filipinos, may be exploited in forced labor in domestic servitude, construction, and food service sectors. Cuban medical professionals in Djibouti may have been forced to work by the Cuban government. Prostitution in Djibouti is illegal, but tolerated. UNAIDS estimates that there are 2,900 prostitutes in the country, many working in bars and nightclubs. There is a red-light district in Djibouti City. The presence of troops stationed at the many foreign bases increased the demand for prostitution. During an investigation in 2015, it was found almost half of the engineering department of the Tennessee Army National Guard had used prostitutes while staying in Djibouti. During World War I, the French set up military brothels for their troops. These continued for the use of the Foreign Legion until 1978. HIV prevalence among sex workers in the country is 12.9%. The 2022 Report on Human Rights Practices for Djibouti states, The country has a multi-party political system in which parties must be registered and recognized by the ruling authorities. President Ismail Omar Guela has served as president since 1999. In April 2021, he was re-elected for a fifth term. International observers from the African Union, Intergovernmental Authority on Development, and the Arab League characterized the election as free and fair, noting the peaceful and calm atmosphere. Opposition parties boycotted the election, claiming that President Guela held too much power. There were reports that members of the security forces committed some abuses. Significant human rights issues included credible reports of arbitrary arrest or detention, arbitrary or unlawful interference with privacy, punishment of family members for offenses allegedly committed by an individual, serious restrictions on free expression and media, including unjustified arrests or prosecutions against journalists, censorship, and enforcement of criminal libel laws to limit expression. Serious restrictions on internet freedom. Substantial interference with the freedom of peaceful assembly and freedom of association, including overly restrictive laws on the organization, funding, or operations of non-governmental organizations and civil society organizations. Trafficking in persons and the worst form of child labor. Impunity was a problem. Economy. Djibouti is near some of the world's busiest shipping lanes, controlling access to the Red Sea and Indian Ocean. It serves as a key refueling and transshipment center, and the principal maritime port for imports from and exports to neighboring Ethiopia, 
handling 95% of Ethiopia's trade. The rural population subsists primarily on nomadic herding. Sheep and goats are raised for milk, meat, and skins, while camels are used for transport caravans. Prone to droughts and floods, the country has few natural resources and must import more than 80% of its food from neighboring countries or Europe. Its natural resources include potential geothermal power, gold, clay, granite, limestone, marble, salt, diatomite, gypsum, pumice, and petroleum. Land is mainly used for permanent pasture. Agricultural products include vegetables, meat, beef, camel, milk, lemons, limes, goat meat, mutton, beans, and tomatoes. Industries include construction, agricultural processing, and shipping. Exports of goods and services amount to $3.6 billion in U.S. dollar value. The top export goods are palm oil, chlorides, sheep and goats, dried legumes, and industrial fatty acids, oils, and alcohols. Major export partners are Ethiopia, China, India, Saudi Arabia, and United Arab Emirates. Imports of goods and services amount to $3.41 billion in U.S. dollar value. The top import goods are refined petroleum, palm oil, mixed mineral or chemical fertilizers, raw sugar, and delivery trucks. Major import partners are China, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, India, and Indonesia. Djibouti is ranked number 112th out of 184 nations with an overall score of 56.1 on the 2023 Index of Economic Freedom. It is ranked 15th out of 47 countries in the Sub-Saharan Africa region, and its overall score is lower than the world average and is in the mostly unfree category. The unemployment rate is 40%, making it the fifth highest unemployed nation. The most recent official national extreme poverty rate was 21.1% in 2017, with regions showing rates more than twice as high at 45%, and Djibouti City a lower rate at 13.6%. The extreme poverty rate in the rural areas is very high at 62.6%. Doing business. The standard work week is capped at 48 hours, spread over six days, at 8 hours a day. A minimum of 24 hours rest is required. Overtime is capped at a max of 4 hours per day. Employees receive 29 days of sick leave paid at 50% rate by Social Security. For additional days, the employee receives 75% of the basic salary. Female employees receive 14 weeks of paid maternity leave 8 weeks before the presumed day of delivery and six weeks after delivery. Male employees receive three days of paid paternity leave. Employees are eligible for annual paid leave after 12 months of employment. They are entitled to two and a half days of leave per month from the day of service, which is 30 days of paid annual leave. There is no fixed minimum wage. Wages are negotiated between the employer and employee. When doing business, Keep in mind the population is predominantly Muslim, and your dress and behavior should be conservative. While drinking alcohol is legal, drunken behavior could result in a two-year prison term. 
During Ramadan, you should respect those who are fasting and take care not to offend Islamic values. Crime and Legal Issues It is against the law to take photographs of infrastructure, such as public buildings, military facilities, bridges, and ports. Do not take photos of Djiboutians without their permission. While there are no legal restrictions on same-sex sexual relations or the organization of LGBTI events, societal norms do not allow for the public discussion of homosexuality, and there are no known LGBTI organizations. Authorities may prosecute public display of same-sex sexual conduct under laws prohibiting attacks on good morals. No anti-discrimination law exists to protect LGBTI individuals. Social provisions. The government doesn't have the finances to support extended social and welfare programs. There are state pensions for retired civil servants, but no unemployment benefits except on a private basis via insurance. There are some charity groups helping in areas such as vocational training, orphanages, and food aid. Some employers in Djibouti offer health insurance, although they're not required to by law. Old age, disability, and survivor's benefits fall under the social insurance system. Salaried workers are covered by the labor code. This is funded by the employer and employee. The government doesn't contribute at all. Sickness and maternity are covered under different regulatory frameworks. Universal covers residents of Djibouti and includes medical benefits. Social insurance for maternity benefits is for salaried workers. Social insurance medical benefits are for salaried workers covered by the labor code, household workers, manual workers, self-employed, university students, and pensioners. The government covers the total cost under the universal framework and social assistance framework but under social insurance, it's covered by employer or employee. There is also work injury coverage, disability, and survivor benefits. There are family allowances under the social insurance and social assistance programs. Education. Education is compulsory since 2000 for children ages 6 through 16. Although compulsory, it isn't accessible for all especially the nomadic people, migrants, and people living in isolated and remote rural areas. The quality of education is lacking, and there's a high dropout rate. It's estimated that fewer than half of primary school-age children obtain an education. Primary school completion rate is 64.8%. Secondary school enrollment is 55.21% of those eligible. Primary school is six years. Secondary education is in two cycles, one for four years that can be followed by another for three years. Exposure to formal schooling is limited to roughly one-third of school-age children, mainly in Djibouti City. There is one university, the University of Djibouti, offering undergraduate and postgraduate programs. Many high school graduates go to France to pursue higher education. More than two-thirds of the adult population is literate. Health. Health care, particularly outside the capital, is limited by poor infrastructure, shortages of equipment and supplies, and a lack of qualified personnel. 
More than a third of healthcare recipients are migrants because the services are still better than those available in their neighboring home countries. The nearly universal practice of female genital cutting reflects Djibouti's lack of gender equality and is a major contributor to obstetrical complications and its high rates of maternal and infant mortality. A 1995 law prohibiting the practice has never been enforced. While rates of new cases have declined, 70.7% of women and girls nationally have been subjected to the practice. Organizations have estimated that at least 20-30% to of the household income in Djibouti goes to purchasing cut, a narcotic plant. It comes from a shrub typically grown in Ethiopia and Kenya, and most often chewed. It is addictive and gives the user a mild amphetamine-like high. Adult males are the main users, but women and teenagers also use it. Chronic chewing can cause health issues, including cardiovascular and gastrointestinal diseases, tooth decay, sleep deprivation, and psychological effects. Due to unfavorable weather and high food prices, about 250,000 people were estimated to have faced acute food insecurity between March and June 2023. The fertility rate is 2.13 children born per woman. Last reports on obesity rates for adults was 13.5% in 2016. Life expectancy is 65.02 years for females and 59.73 for men. For those under age 5, the mortality rate is 58%. There is improved drinking water for 99.7% of the urban population and 59.3% for the rural population. There are improved sanitation facilities for 87.7% of urban dwellers and 24.2% of rural dwellers. Major infectious diseases are bacterial and protozoal diarrhea, hepatitis A and B, dengue fever, typhoid fever, African tick bite fever, chikungunya, hantavirus, leishmaniasis, leptospirosis, malaria, measles, rabies, schistosomiasis, tuberculosis, and typhoid. Djibouti is currently considered a high risk to travelers for circulating vaccine-derived polioviruses. Given Djibouti's proximity to the Arabian Peninsula, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, or MERS, is also a risk. The five leading causes of death in the country are coronary heart disease, stroke, influenza and pneumonia, diarrheal diseases, and diabetes mellitus. It ranks fourth in the world for most deaths caused by malnutrition and sixth in the world for deaths by low birth weight. Medical facilities in the capital of Djibouti are limited, and facilities are non-existent in many outlying areas. Trauma care is only intended to stabilize a patient prior to medical evacuation. Medicines are expensive and often in short supply. Medicines, bandages, medical instruments, and tools must be purchased prior to treatment in pharmacies. Food. The cuisine is influenced by its neighbors and France. Basic staples are dairy products from herds, rice, lentils, unleavened bread, and grain dishes. Fish is also a staple from the Red Sea. 
Eastern spices are used, such as saffron and cinnamon. Drinks with meals can include mineral water and fruit juice. The souk, or marketplace in Djibouti, is known for its spicy oven-baked fish. Djibouti also has several other ethnic food establishments of high quality, including Vietnamese, Chinese, and Lebanese. Skudik Harris is the national dish. This is a lamb and rice, one-pot meal, seasoned with cilantro, cloves, cardamom, cumin, cayenne pepper, and tomatoes. Other popular dishes. Stews with meats from camel, goat, and sheep are served with a flat, spongy-like bread called kanjiro. Fafa is a goat stew with vegetables and green chilies. Typical vegetables are potatoes, cabbage, or kale, leeks, garlic, green chili, and onions. This is seasoned with salt, pepper, and fresh coriander. Kanjiro is a fermented flatbread with a spongy texture. It's traditionally made with teff flour, but can be made with millet or sorghum flour. When cooked, it resembles a crepe that is light brown on one side and has holes like a sponge on the other. It's often eaten with stews. Roast lamb with a yogurt sauce. Lentil stew. Cucumber salad. Samosas with African sauce. These samosas are meat, usually beef, goat, or lamb, and onions fried up in a pastry dough and served with a sauce of garlic, arbol chilies, diced tomatoes, apple cider vinegar, and cumin. Banana fritters are light and fluffy, made with rice or wheat flour, water, nutmeg, and mashed bananas, and covered with powdered sugar. Arts Oral poetry and stories are passed on to new generations. The Afar have the Janili, a kind of warrior poet and diviner. Among the Somali, songs and epic stories are passed down, showcasing the poetic and verbal talents of the people. Abdurrahman Waberi is a novelist, essayist, poet, academic, and short story writer. The French poet Arthur Rimbaud lived in Djibouti for several years. There is a cultural center in his name with a small library and museum. A music festival takes place on the grounds each year, which attracts performers from all over the country. Among the best-known performers in the country are Suku's Vibration Band, Dinkara, Adiarus, Pere Robert, and Passengers. Djibouti is renowned for its delicate multicolored textiles, which are made into garments called futa, and these resemble sarongs. Unique Celebrations and Holidays The main holidays include the typical Islamic holidays, New Year's Eve, Labor Day, Christmas, and Independence Day on June 27th. Sports Running is the most popular sport in the country, along with football or soccer. Tennis is developing a following, although access to courts is limited. Petank is a sport like bocce ball and is played around the city under the streetlights. Other sports of interest are volleyball, handball, basketball, and judo. Djibouti competed in its first Olympics event during the summer of 1984. It won its first and only Olympic medal at the 1998 Summer Games in Seoul. Hussein Ahmed Salan won bronze in the men's marathon. Abdurrahman Osman is a Djiboutian swimmer specializing in freestyle. He competed in the 50-meter event 
at the 2012 Summer Olympics. Zora Ali is a Djiboutian runner. She competed at the 2012 Summer Olympics in the 400-meter event. She was not qualified to the semifinals, but she ran 400 meters in 1 minute 5.37 seconds and ended the games in the 44th place. She was the flag bearer for Djibouti at the opening ceremony. Yasmin Farah is a Djiboutian table tennis player. She competed for Djibouti at the 2012 Summer Olympics. Mumin Gala is a Djiboutian runner. He competed in the Summer Olympics in the 500-meter event and placed 13th in 2012. Transportation There are nine airports in Djibouti. Djibouti Ambuli International Airport is a joint civilian-military airport in the town of Ambuli, and it serves the nation's capital. There are two registered air carriers. There are railways in the country. Although the main roads in Djibouti City are well-maintained, others are unpaved or in poor repair and subject to unexpected flooding. Highways are prone to frequent rock slides. Many roads wind through steep ravines and lack guardrails. Police occasionally set up random roadblock stops on major roads to conduct inspections of vehicle registration and insurance. Outside of Djibouti City, hazards include narrow roads, insufficient lighting, poor vehicle maintenance like missing headlights, and wayward pedestrians and livestock. Other risks include excessive speeding and erratic driving habits. The widespread use of the narcotic cut by drivers contributes to speeding and unsafe driving habits. Unmarked landmines exist in the border region with Eritrea, though most landmines have been marked or cleared from border regions. The major seaport is in Djibouti. There are 42 merchant marine vessels. Communications. Mobile cellular subscriptions are at 44% of the population. Djibouti is one of the last to have the national telco with a monopoly on all telecom services. The government is aiming to sell a minority stake in the incumbent telco while securing the financial backing and the management acumen of a foreign operator. This is part of a larger plan to modernize the country's economy more generally. State-owned radio diffusion television, De Djibouti, operates the sole terrestrial TV station, as well as the only two domestic radio networks. There are no private TV or radio stations. Transmissions of several international broadcasters are available. There is a daily French-language newspaper, La Nation, which is state-run, and two independent weekly publications. Internet users are at 69% of the population. Broadband fixed subscriptions are at 3%. Energy. There is access to electricity for 65.4%. It produces its own electricity and neither imports nor exports any. It generates electricity via fossil fuels for 98.2% and solar at 1.8%. It produces no coal nor imports or exports any. It produces no petroleum and exports and imports no crude oil lease condensates. It exports a minimal amount of refined petroleum products, and imports some. It neither produces, exports, nor imports natural gas. Travel There are no UNESCO World Heritage Sites. 
Tajora is one of the oldest towns on the east coast of Africa and dates back at least to the 12th century. It's often called La Ville Blanche, or White Town, because of its whitewashed homes. It borders the ocean with many sand beaches in the Gulf of Tajora. In the city, you can see many important mosques. The Afar Triangle is one of the most desolate places on Earth, a wedge of flat desert, which is part of the Great Rift Valley system. Much of it is below sea level. Dorale and Cor Ambado are two amazing beaches and offer safe swimming, just 15 kilometers from Djibouti City. You will get to enjoy the beautiful backdrop of black lava cliffs that border the beach. The Gulf of Tajora, especially Obok, has many species of fish and coral and is an ideal place for diving and snorkeling. Djibouti City has a city center with French buildings alongside Arabic ones. The Hamoudi Mosque is considered the city's most impressive building by some. Djibouti City has the tropical aquarium in the historic part of town and is considered one of the best aquariums in all of Africa. It's designed to give you the feeling that you're underwater in the Red Sea. Another attraction in the city is March Central, a lively central market. Abe Lake area has the look of a lunar landscape. In the evening, there are hundreds of flamingos there. Lake Asal is surrounded by dormant volcanoes and lava fields and lies 100 kilometers or 60 miles to the southwest of Djibouti City. It's one of the lowest surface areas on the planet and is reachable only by a four-wheel drive vehicle. Avoid all travel by public transportation and hire private transport from a reliable source. Public transportation is unregulated, unreliable, and generally unsafe. Hotel and airport shuttle services are a safe alternative. Taxis are available but are considered unsafe. U.S. Embassy personnel are prohibited from riding in buses or taxis. The capital city and the towns of Obok and Tajora have intercity bus and ferry services. An electric limited rail replacing the century-old Ethiopia-Djibouti Railway began operating in October of 2016 with freight service and later passenger service. Hiring a vehicle. Reputable car rental firms can include the service of a driver. Be particularly vigilant at airports where criminals use luggage tag information to present themselves as prearranged drivers. Do not use your passport as a security deposit. If you allow your passport to be photocopied, always keep it in your sight. The threat of piracy-related activity and armed robbery in the Gulf of Aden and Indian Ocean remains significant. Reports of attacks on local fishing boats in the area around the Gulf of Aden and Horn of Africa continue. All sailing yachts under their own passage should remain out of the designated high-risk area or face the risk of being hijacked and held hostage for ransom. The United States State Department on July 31st of 2023 issued a travel advisory level 2 exercise increased caution in Djibouti due to terrorism and crime. Terrorists may attack with little or no warning, targeting tourist locations and other places of interest. Tensions along the Djibouti-Eritrea border exist from an ongoing border dispute, necessitating approval from the Djibouti government 
before travel north of Obok. Border skirmishes have occurred in the past. Many border areas between Djibouti and both Ethiopia and Somalia lack visible demarcation and may still contain landmines. The tourism industry is unevenly regulated, and safety inspections for equipment and facilities do not commonly occur. Hazardous areas or activities are not always identified with appropriate signage, and staff may not be trained or certified either by the host government or by recognized authorities in the field. In the event of an injury, appropriate medical treatment is typically available in the capital, Djibouti City. First responders are generally unable to access areas outside of major cities and to provide urgent medical treatment. Drinking water in sealed bottles is considered safe. Segment 3. Who is? Hassan Gulet Aptadon. He was born into the politically powerful Mamasan subclan of the Issa clan. Hassan Gulet began his career in the 1930s as a nurse and was stationed in Dikil in 1932. Then in 1946, as an entrepreneur, he founded with Mahmoud Harbi Farah the Somali and Dankali Youth Club. They were elected together in 1951 to the Representative Council of the Colony, then separated. Gouled was elected French senator against Mahmoud Harbi, and he remained so from 1952 to 1957. From 1958 through the 60s, Hassan Gouled served in several different political roles. He was briefly jailed in 1967, along with other officials of the Part of Popular Movement, which he had joined in 1965. In 1968, he became Minister of the Interior. He then served as the first Prime Minister of Djibouti between May and July of 1977. He was elected President of the Future Republic of Djibouti on May 28th that same year by the Chamber of Deputies. He remained in that position until 1999. In 1981, Gouled turned the country into a one-party state by declaring that his party, the People's Rally for Progress, was the sole legal one. After the start of the Djiboutian Civil War in 1991, he allowed for a constitutional referendum on multi-party politics in September 1992, with four parties being permitted. In the 1990s, the Djibouti economy deteriorated dramatically and his nephew Ismail Omar Gwela not only maneuvered to be his successor, but increasingly came to handle affairs for the elderly Hassan Gouled. In February 1999, Gouled Aptidon announced that he would retire at the time of the next election, and the People's Rally for Progress party chose Gwela as its presidential candidate. Gwela won the presidential election held in April 1999, and succeeded his uncle on May 8th of 1999. Gouled Aptadon died in his home on November 21st, 2006, at age 90. Ismail Omar Gwela, the current president of Djibouti. He's been in office since 1999, making him one of the longest-serving rulers in Africa. Gwela was born in Dire Dawa, Ethiopia into the politically powerful Mamasan sub-clan of the Sisadir clan of the Somali ethnic group. When Gwela was younger, he attended a traditional Islamic school. 
1960, Guella migrated to Djibouti before finishing high school. In 1964, at the age of 18, he began working in the general information of the French territory of the Afars and the Issas, because he spoke Amharic, Somali, Arabic, French, Italian, and English. In 1975, he was suspended from his duties because he was suspected of transmitting information to the independent movement. He then became involved in the African People's League for Independence, chaired by Hassan Gouled Abtadan, who campaigned for independence. After Djibouti became independent, he became head of the secret police and chief of the cabinet in the government under his uncle Hassan Gouled Abtadan, for whom he also served as chief of staff for more than two decades. Throughout his presidency, Guella has worked to install members of his family in important political and economic positions. A central role is occupied by his wife, Kadra Mahmoud Haid, who acts as the de facto vice president, and his two daughters, Haibado, functioning as an important advisor to Guella, and Fatuma Awo, heavily involved in the country's business activities. His son-in-law, Jama Eli Okia, is the Minister of Health. One of the President's half-brothers, Sa'ad Omar Guela, is the General Manager of the economically paramount Port of Djibouti, while first cousin Jama Ali Guela has been the Director General of State-Owned Utilities Company Electricité de Djibouti since 1986, more than a decade before Guela came to power. Since 2013, Guela has pursued closer economic and political relations with China. The influx of Chinese investments into the country has furthered Guela's development plan based on the Singapore model. Guela has frequently made references to following Singapore's path in official speeches, hoping to transform Djibouti into the Singapore of Africa by capitalizing on the port of Djibouti's growing role as a strategically located maritime trading hub. Guela has been characterized as a dictator, and his rule has been criticized by human rights groups and governments, such as the United States. He is, at the international level, a close ally of France. Djibouti, under Guela's rule, has remained a stable country within a conflict-ridden region. Guela's presidency has seen the signing of a peace agreement between warring ethnic tribes in 2000 and the resolution of a decade-long border dispute between Djibouti and Eritrea in 2018. He was awarded the Padma Vibhushan, India's second-highest civilian award, on the 25th of January 2019 for his role in the safe evacuation of Indian citizens from Yemen. Segment 4. Who Would Have Thought? Aksum is said to be the resting place of the biblical Ark of the Covenant. The only permanent U.S. military base in Africa is in Djibouti. Then-President Hassan Gouled Abtadan, in 1978, tried to ban the narcotic cot, but it brought riots to the streets and nearly led to the overthrow of the government. Since then, the government takes a very lax stand on the drug, which is legal in the country. The most northerly species of baboon is the sacred or Hamadrias baboon. In ancient Egyptian times, this species was revered because it was considered sacred to the lunar deity Toth, who was also the god of wisdom and science, and was variously represented as ibis-headed or baboon-headed. 
in the ancient Egyptian underworld Duat, four Hamadrias baboons guarded the lake of fire. In November 1978, the Arducaba volcano erupted with spectacular lava flows which attracted volcanologists from around the world. The seismic activity that came along with it led to the widening by more than a meter of the plates between Africa and the Arabian Peninsula. Djibouti is one of the hottest places on the planet and is extremely vulnerable to the effects of climate change. A 2021 report by the World Bank estimates that Djibouti will warm to between 0.6 and 2.4 degrees Celsius by 2050 and up to 5.4 degrees by 2100. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on Djibouti. Next time, we'll learn about a country referred to as the Nature Isle of the Caribbean. It has diverse ecosystems, including rainforests, waterfalls, hot springs, and volcanic landscapes. It's known as having the second-largest volcano hydrothermally heated lake in the world. Please be sure to subscribe to Nations of the World podcast so you won't miss my next episode, Dominica. Gaining knowledge about other people and their culture is often the best way to understanding who they are and why they do things a certain way. This in turn can make us less fearful of differences and hopefully more accepting. Let's face it, we're all human and we all share the same world.